everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host, and we have a great, great I think, last year for the first time and a couple of times, and uh, she's very interesting, comes from an amazing family and a great music background, and uh, she's also been a host of a TV uh, show, CMT, for, uh, I think, since the early 2000s. Anyway, um, she's a lot of fun. Looking forward to talking to her. No blog this week. Uh, Charles needed the week off, so he's got the week off. So I do want to say at the very end of the show, 54 minutes or so is how long the show runs. I'm going to play a clip. Um, now, those of you who, who watch things on my YouTube channel, you've probably already seen it or you may have seen it. It's uh, back to my series of the listener encounters. And uh, she had a very, she's a very credible person, had a, uh, an amazing sighting in uh, Baltimore. And so I'm going to be playing that right at the very end of the show after I say goodbye to Katie. So Without further ado, I shall bring Katie in. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Martin. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. And uh, everyone's going to, you know, I know the, the first thing that's going to happen is everyone's going to say, now, what's that in her background? Is that Waldo? Is that uh, That's <laughs> Little Big Benny. I've written three books about Little Benny. Oh, ben. that's who that is. It yeah. Almost, if you put a hat on him, it could almost pass for Waldo. But Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and uh, yes, right. I forgot about that. That's who that is. And uh, so you've got a lot going on. I, you are one person that keeps yourself totally busy all the time. I do. I'm, I'm always like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, I do. You know what? I do everything I enjoy. And the universe yeah. has hooked me up with, uh, well, allowing me to make a living at doing so many things I enjoy from the TV hosting work to writing books, uh, the children's trilogy. We can talk about that later uh, to UFO stuff. Uh, this is been a lifelong passion for me. I became a realtor a couple of years ago, as you know, yeah. show you yes, a property right. recently, which was such a thrill. Anytime yeah. I get to just hang out with a friend and I'm also working, that's just like really fun for me. Um, right. And I sing and I write and I, I'm just doing all the things I want to do. And somehow, you know, the world provides and I just am going to yeah. keep going that way. It, it may not be a recipe for success in a lot of people's eyes, but I, I do get bored easily. So I, wow. I'm always juggling a lot of stuff and that keeps me mentally stimulated. Now you also grew up with a famous father. So, yeah. and what a beautiful song he put out in the world. Which one? The I like to teach the world to sing. Yes, I love that <laughs> I one. That since I was a little kid. That's I know the Coca Cola song. jingle. It's such a blessing meeting people all over the world, and they're like, "I sang that growing up." You know, I learned yeah. that in my schoolroom. It, it, that's it, that's so sweet. I'm really proud of him. His name's Roger Cook. He's actually not so famous uh, because he's a songwriter. You know, um, songwriters are usually behind the scenes. He was in a band in the 70s called Blue Mink in England, and he was really famous when I was really little. I thought I detected an English accent. With my dad or with me? Yeah. With a little bit of an, your dad, with a little tiny bit yes. of an accent. Yes. Yes, very much. I was going to say, I'm the one like really American sounding person in my whole family. I'm kind of the black sheep. Um, but he definitely still has his accent a little bit. I'm really yeah. proud of him. And I actually told my dad for the first time last summer about a lot of my paranormal and UFO experiences. I don't know why I'd never told him, even though he's my ah. dad. Um, yeah. I finally, you know, bridged that subject with him and he could not have been more open-minded, even had a couple interesting things to tell me. So oh, that was we'll really cool. Yeah, yeah. But I'm very, very proud of my dad. I'm glad you brought him up. He's, he means yeah. a lot to me and I'm actually going to work on a documentary about him because he's had a really interesting life. And I, I'm like, you know, I've interviewed people for two decades and I've never interviewed my dad. That's kind of wow. weird. So I'm going to fix and that. You've, you've interviewed everybody that you can almost think of. I mean, when it comes to Dolly Parton and, and uh, I mean, was it Shanae? Not Shanine, who's the one you who, I, I have a hard time with a name, but you were you were doing that uh, recently, right? Yeah, I just went to LA a couple of weeks ago. Well, actually, it was mid January. God, this year's already going by so fast. Uh, yeah, I got to talk to her in LA a few weeks ago because she has a new album out. That was really fun to talk to her. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but I actually asked her years ago if she had ever seen a UFO, and uh, I don't think her people were very pleased with me for asking that, but she played long, she was cool. She's like, I can get into that you topic. You did ask Willie, Willie Nelson, too. I, I did ask you, Willie. You, you can clip. ask anything to Willie. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I played that clip at a... No, if only you asked Obama when you interviewed him. <laughs> I did not get to talk to Obama about UFOs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but great. He was yeah. 
great person to work with. I really love that day. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I bet. So let's hear how you got involved in the UFO topic. What 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 started it with you? Well, I mean, I don't even know when it started because it's been lifelong. Um, I I always say I didn't pick paranormal, it picked me. And I tend to use paranormal as this catch-all term. I've I've fit ufology under that too. A lot of people go, no, it's two separate things, but um it's ufology is not necessarily normal, right? So I throw it under that umbrella. Um I I had a lot of OBEs as a kid, out-of-body experiences. I didn't know what they were. I just thought I could fly. And these were not dreams at all. And I would try to tell everybody that would listen to me. I'm talking three, four years old, wanting to talk to other people about their flying experiences. And that was probably the first time I understood you can't just... talk openly about anything that happens to you. You know, it was like, oh, well, that's cute. I have interesting dreams too. No, these aren't dreams. And I remember being angry. I didn't understand why everybody else wasn't just, you know, going, yeah, I fly too. How do you do it? Do you use your hands? It's all in your head. So I started just internalizing a lot of these odd experiences I was having as a kid. Um, I don't know that I would call it sleepwalking, but I always woke up in other parts of the house and just weird memories of how I got there, a lot of stuff disjointed. And so as I got older, plus side note, I'm a child of the 70s. So I grew up on Star Wars and Star Trek and all of that. And we whole family was kind of sci-fi nerdy that way. So um, Mm. as I got older and really got into reading books, I just found myself always wanting to, I wasn't really so into fiction Uh, at a really young age, started going for anything I could find about UFOs Um, and just started, you know, it was way before the internet. I'm 52. So, you know, it was just Mm -hmm. go to the library and see what you can check out or order stuff out of catalogs. Then when I was old enough to start driving, I started going to UFO conferences and it was a pretty lonely experience, to be honest with you. I I didn't really know who to talk to about it. Um, I was very glad MUFON existed, you know. um, Yeah, someone just uh, has a comment here you can see down below. Miss hearing you on the MUFON podcast. Oh, I miss being there. Maybe I can jump on as a guest sometime. I got really busy trying to launch this real estate career and I'm trying to get my daughter into college right now. It's like my life just went, ah, so, and so it was just really tough to do it all, but I miss them and I love them. And I'm so glad you guys are still watching that show because we need that show. It's, it's entertaining. And of course they have amazing guests just like you do, Martin. Um, But yeah, so I just, I got obsessed with this topic and, and it's never stopped. And I've, I slowly, I guess, through going to all these UFO conferences, I think the first one I went to was like all the way out in Laramie. Remember Dr. Leo Sprinkle? Leo Sprinkle. Yes. Yeah. Spent time out there with Leo. And that's where I first met Dolores Cannon. And these people changed my life. Reading Whitley Strieber's communion changed my life. You know, all of a sudden I was like, I'm not the only one that's seen and felt this weird stuff. And I started just slowly finding my tribe. I guess. And that kind of brings us up to date, doing some work with MUFON and getting to co-host the podcast. I have my own podcast for a little while, Wide Open Wonders. But again, it's a time thing. Oh, yeah. It's such a passion and (laughs) I don't have enough hours in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You really have a full plate. So um, I do it to myself. Someone is going to ask me if I don't. And I like your cup, too. What is Is that an alien on your cup? Thank you. Yeah, it looks kind of backwards. I got this out in Vegas. Look, you can spin the little alien head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so have you yourself ever had what you would consider a UFO sighting? I've never seen like a metallic craft in the sky. I have had a couple weird things I've seen that I can't explain. And now I see satellites all the time. You know, I, the first couple ones I was like, oh, it's something. And then I, I realized what I was seeing. Angelia Shear helped a lot with that. She was, uh, I think 2019 MUFON investigator of the year. She was my mentor. Um, and she really helped me spot the satellites and know the difference. I saw something. It's just, um, this is that, a yeah. That's my baby. I yeah. love her and, so much. Uh, I think I, I thought I brought up another. Yeah, you sent me another picture too. I'll, she was I'll find so it. wonderful. She helped me really start to identify things in the sky. And um, I think the most unusual thing I've seen, and I would love your listeners to tell me if they've ever seen anything like this, because I, I got nothing on this one. I was on an investigation with Angelia, this out in the countryside, about an hour out of Nashville. This guy had a pool. He had seen all kinds of weird stuff in the sky. Uh, he was at another part of the property with somebody else. Um, they were investigating over there. Angelia and I were by the pool, and we were 
lying back on those like anti-gravity chairs. So I think she actually fell asleep next to me, <laughs> which is funny. I think, I think I heard her snoring at one point. It was late at night and I'm just looking up and I see right over my head. I mean, I'm not very good when I look at the sky estimate, estimating how high something is. I think that's really difficult if you don't have another object nearby, yeah. but I would say kind of sure. like firework height. I mean, it's nothing I could have thrown a ball at. It was pretty high, but it was not a planet. Not, you know, it looked like if you took a piece of chalk and broke it about an inch long and on a blackboard used the side of it. So not the sharp side to make a fine line, but the soft side. And you just made like this snaky um, shape. And I just watched it start from nothing and make this shape right over my head. And then just it just faded out. There was no sound. There were no fireworks going on anywhere. Hmm. Have you ever even heard of anything like that? I I keep bringing that story up because I just am dying for someone to go, I know exactly what that is. It wouldn't have been any type of weather phenomenon or anything. Was it a perfectly clear sky? Perfectly clear. Yeah. I mean, no cloud. That's it was, awesome. it was an awesome night for investigating. Um, yeah. we, I, I mean, it was just, bizarre so um yeah. and i have seen i did see something actually right over my house that came over it it was a little bit like a satellite because you know how they're real bright and then all of a sudden they seem to go away and that's i think them just yeah. turning and no longer reflecting the light but this that's was right. so low this was like airplane height planes fly over our house all the time um this was like silent and airplane height this, I almost feel like hmm. I could have thrown something at it. It was so low. I couldn't have thrown something at it. That's an exaggeration. But it was really low, not a satellite. Um, huh. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's it's better not to, you know, jump to conclusions. You know, I mean, yeah. you're better off just saying just the way you are, describing just the way you are. Because I'm, just I, the data. I've, been very, I've been very careful myself because I feel like I do this show and I have to be careful and, like when I, I thought I saw something and I sent it right to Mark D'Antonio and uh, he said, well, it, you know, the old saying, it walks like a duck, it d talks like a duck. Well, he said, it walks like, a, you know, a drone. Yeah. <laughs> so it most likely a drone, but I couldn't, you know, I chased, I chased it down where it, it, it appeared to have landed and there were, you know, it didn't look like there was anyone around, but I don't know. Um, but I'd rather mm -hmm. say it was probably a drone and leave it at that. Because I feel like, um, you know, because I do the show and I just happen to have something unusual happen, I'm I'm not going. I'm going to be real careful. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I, when I was interviewing Jim Penniston years ago, you know, I just said it's got to be tempting sometimes to want to fill in those gaps in your story. Yeah. I was like, Don't do it. It's like yeah. stick to the facts, and and I really believe in that. So I don't know what I saw. <laughs> well, you know, that story, now that you're bringing it up, Rendlesham, boy, I'll tell you what, that's that's such a convoluted thing with all all the different weird things that have happened and the the intra-fighting, you know, between everyone. <laughs> Not that they're really fighting, but there has been a lot of turmoil uh, through the years on the with the witnesses and things. Well, and, and can I, oh, sorry, were you done? Yeah, I'm done. Yep. I get excited and I'm like, oh, can I jump in? Um <laughs> Angelia was real big on this human perception is everything. So you can have the same three, four people involved in an experience, in a sighting, an abduction, even they're not going to come away with the same feelings and the exact same story. It's great. Exactly. If they perfectly yeah. corroborate each other, but then things get weird. That's just part of this phenomenon is one of the most frustrating parts of it because we all want hard data, but people don't act normal in the middle of these weird encounters. I mean, how many times have you talked to, uh, you know, an experiencer and they're like, and then the weirdest thing happened. I came in and my dog was like on stun. It should have been barking. Then I went upstairs and my mother was just sitting there staring at the TV, like hours had passed and she didn't know. Everybody acted weird. Then we all just fell asleep. Like, and yet this totally bizarre thing just took place and everybody's acting weird. So I, yeah. I bring that up to say it's it's one of the frustrating things about this phenomenon is when people start attacking each other because um, and I, I even like to talk about like experience or shaming, you know, well, that happened to you. It was negative just because you have a negative attitude about aliens or, you know, that's just what you thought was going to happen. That Let's not shame each other. I was not there yeah. when you had an experience. You were not in my bedroom at 3 a.m. when that happened. I've had good and bad experiences. We can talk about that, uh, you know. So I just, 
I think we need to not turn on each other. Just keep putting the data out there. Keep talking about the facts. Don't try to fill in the gaps too much, as frustrating as that can be for even a listener on a show like this. Um, I agree with you 100%. Just put the facts out there. You know, it's really something that what you just touched on right there is, and I've heard it countless times, is that two people are observing the same thing. And um, I've even had people say that, there was someone like right beside them that didn't even see it. And they were like staring at it. It was like right there. I mean, that's when you go to the part where maybe they are manifesting it in their minds somewhat or whatever. But, but I mean, they'll have different experiences or they'll both have this amazing encounter. And then they said, yeah, but we didn't talk about it. That We never talked about it again. Yeah. What is and it's that? like, <laughs> I mean, it's just it does, the things that don't make any sense. Almost, you know, I mean, yes, it seems to happen a lot. There's so much that doesn't make sense and it's frustrating, but that frustration can turn into everybody attacking each other. And and that's what we shouldn't do. I think everybody just needs to keep, you know, putting the facts out there. Don't attack. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it is weird. There's no explanation sometimes for somebody's behavior. And is that manipulation from whatever these beings are that we're you know, interacting with? Uh, Are they doing that to us on purpose? Or is it something within ourselves? We're protecting ourselves? Is there a level of shock that is just making us act weird? All of the above? Yeah. 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 I know it's a, I think as, as I've gone along in this whole thing, I, it seems like there's just more and more questions, you know, and, and, and less, less answers. And one of the things that comes up and I see you, you know, you sent me into some notes of things that you have interest in. And one of the things you, you talk about is about time and there is a time element to this. And that's come up lately on my show a couple of, couple of times. Um, But um, you know, there's some type of uh, there's a time thing in this whole thing and time dilation or time, whatever it is. Um, And maybe that has to do with the way they get here, wherever they're coming from. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I want to say Whitley Strieber might be the first person that put it into my head that time travel could be involved, uh, that they could even be us from the future coming back. Um, And then I, I've always thought about that, but didn't really have anything to add to it. And then reading Michael Masters book, um, Identified Flying Objects, I think is the name of it. I loved it. You know, yeah. he's mixing all this science and anthropology and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I don't think it's the only answer. And I think that's another thing that we all have to keep in mind is just be patient and go, even if we get the answer for one being that could be visiting us, I still don't think visiting us, I still don't think it's the whole picture. I mean, look how many different species of animals and how different all of us humans are on earth. I mean, I just don't, I look up at the sky and I'm like, it's just not one thing visiting us. And if, if one kind of being has made it here, why haven't many and the whole time travel thing? I mean, look at where we're headed. I, I always try to be positive, but I mean, I could see, God, I don't know, hundred thousand years in the future. We might all be living underground. Everything might be, I mean, the whole AI, you know, merging with AI. I don't even know if that's too far away, which yeah. There's some good aspects of that and a lot of terrifying aspects, obviously. Yeah, I'm, I'm more terrified by that. And, you know, yeah. I mean, they're even saying that this new uh, chat, GPT, whatever the heck it's called, uh, may eliminate uh, tens of thousands of jobs, you know, just yeah. instantly. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I, I, it's not a huge stretch to picture a reality, you know, um, again, hopefully in the far distant future where the outside elements are just too harsh. We've either gone off planet or we figured out how to (laughs) separate from our bodies or we are in some sort of matrix kind of system. That's our survival. And I always say, I always ask people, do you think time travel will ever happen? And most people go, well, yeah, eventually. And I'm like, well, then it's already here. Yeah, that's right. right. (laughs) So, I mean, I used to say something like that when I was a kid, I used to say like the time travel will never happen because we don't see anyone, but maybe we are. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I do think it'll happen eventually. And if, if it ever happens, then it is happening. And there's no reason why we might not go back into our own timeline for any number of things, genetics, samples, whatever we need, or just to observe. Who knows? So I think it just makes sense on so many levels, but I think it's only a small part of the story. Right. 
Right. Can I tell and, you something um, else interesting on time? What's that? I have another interesting time story if you're. Oh, yes. Sorry. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's really quick. Um, well, I'll make it as quick as I can. That's hard for me. But uh, Monroe Institute, where I've been studying meditation for a few years, highly recommend them. For anyone that's interested in hardcore meditation, it's great. Um, I had a really interesting meditation there where I was told by one of my guides, we were in a, uh, it was called Focus 15, where they say that's like the level of no time. If you've been to Monroe, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This guide, we were talking about time. They say, you can always come here and experience no time if you need to. I said, well, I know time is just it's this human construct. I know it's not real. And they were like, uh-uh, it is real. I was like, What? I thought I was so smart. You know, first of all, I'm thinking, is this really my meditation? Because I should be in control. I have the thought that time is not real. But I was quickly corrected. And they said, on earth, time is real. Because without it, you humans will not get your work done. But yes, in a way, time doesn't exist in these other areas. But in your human form on earth, basically, time is a real thing because you need it. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So, hmm. Don't know if that makes sense, but I always like to share that little story. I came out of that like, maybe this meditation thing is real because that is n that was not my thought. Huh. You know? yeah, yeah. Weird. yeah, we do tend to run out of our own time. Can't change that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so another thing, you know, uh, you mentioned that you think that disclosure is already here. I mean, I you're not the only one to say that. That's been on this show. A lot of people say, you know we've had this slow moving disclosure over the years. And I really, uh, you know, that, that part of it where people uh, think that it would be so hard to come to grips with. I don't think that, I don't think that's going to be the case these days because of whatever we've had, um, whatever it's been, I think that we have been gradually, you know, um, primed. Yeah. That's the word to, yeah. uh, to accepting it. And I, I don't think it's going to change a lot if if we do find out, unless well, unless there's problems. <laughs> like it, it depends you know. what we find out. I would say yeah. in general, humanity has just totally aced the test of okay. There's things in our atmosphere we don't totally know what they are. Yeah, we're also distracted by everything else. Um, you know, conspiracies aside, you know what's planned, what isn't. You know, planned distractions versus natural stuff. Um, we are pretty distracted, and we're all just on our phones and. Um, yeah. It's, we're finally at a point where it's not that big a deal to say you've seen something in the sky. You know, nobody's right. going to lock you up for that anymore. It's going to be like, cool, yeah. you got some video, you know, you can go to work and talk about that. And you might only get a couple tinfoil joke hats at this point. So we've come a long way in that area. Um, now, did you actually start talking about your interest in UFOs for several years? Or is that, has it been lately since, say, 2017, the you New York Times article came out. People seem more relaxed about it since that time. No, I, mean, I, I came pretty far out of my UFO closet many, many, many years ago. Um, but I didn't have a podcast or anything like that. But uh, yeah. I started talking about it at work. I mean, like I, I was kind of known as the UFO girl jokingly, you know, <laughs> yeah. the last couple of decades with all my coworkers, all my friends. I mean, people have known me my whole life or like, Oh God, you were talking about that when you were a kid. So I, I, I got, I would say not a kid, but like in my teenagers, I started really opening up a lot more about that in my twenties. By the time I got to my twenties, I would talk to anyone about it. I went on a date once it was a set up, what do you call it? A blind date. A friend of oh, mine yeah. wanted me to go out with this guy and we're all sitting around at dinner. I was, God, uh, maybe 20, 21, something like that. And we started talking about UFOs and he apparently quickly lost interest and told his friend afterwards, like, well, I was kind of digging her until she started talking about UFOs. My friend was trying to explain to me, you can't just do that. And I was like, oh yes, I can, because that's a repellent for me. <laughs> if I can't immediately get into that topic and somebody hang with me, I don't even need to go on a second date with them. So, so no, I was always pretty open about that stuff. Um, but yeah. I think, I really think of, you know, we ever see a president in the White House saying like they're landing on the lawn, you know, people are probably going to completely flip out. But basically, we've known now for many years, our government has admitted they never really stopped studying it. And, you know, it's of great interest to them. And they don't know everything that's flying around. And us humans are handling it just fine. So I feel like in a lot of ways, we've had disclosure. It's not exactly what I thought it would look like. Um, mm -hmm. 
But I'll bring this up too. I, I'd love your thoughts on this or your viewers' thoughts. And that is just, <clears throat> sorry, I'm starting to lose my voice and I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, aren't you going to be singing later tonight? No, no, I don't have to. <laughs> Where was I going with that thought? Oh, I hate it when that happens. I just squirreled on myself. Um, I wanted your thoughts on, oh, it'll come back to me. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, All right, let's, let's go on. I'll come that's back. The beauty, so that's the beauty of, of doing a live show. <clears throat> <laughs> these when these things happen. I'm um, drinking tea to keep my voice. <laughs> yeah. So you're welcome to uh, post the people in the chat room. You can post. Uh, you can post your your questions if you would like to. Just put them in caps. Um, you know, someone wanted to know this question here. Um, do you still? Do you feel still feel as though you can do this? Um, OBE. And how far can I go? No. So that's a great topic to come back to. I'm trying really hard um, to get back to it. So <clears throat> when I was nine years old, I was alone in the house. My mother had gone out. I used to play like I was sick all the time because I hated going to school, hated going to school. So I always wanted to be home. And I remember one day in the middle of the afternoon, I was laying in her bed because that's another weird thing. I could never sleep in my own bed. That's a whole other weird thing. Um, and I remember looking at her curtains. Um, they started looking watery, like hmm. shimmering, like kind of like a mirage. And the feeling came over me again that I was going to go out of body. And I, it must have been a little while at that point since I remember doing it. And I panicked. And I remember just kind of throwing a fit and saying, I'm not going. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. And I just was like, no, 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 no. And then it stopped. And the curtains were still again. And everything was really quiet. And I was like, I'm in control. This is amazing. I don't have to do this. Because at some point, I think it became a, a scary experience for me. It wasn't mm. just flying through the house. There's something attached to it that I don't know. I'm not going to lie and even try to tell you that I've figured it out. At some point, I should probably do some regression. And, you know, my guess is I have very broken memories. And at, at some point, it became a very scary thing for me. So I shut it down. Mm. And and there's been a few times over the years when I've started to get that weird feeling again, and I just shut it down. When I was at Monroe, and I did not go to Monroe Institute to practice OBE. A lot of people go there trying to achieve that. That's not what I was there for. Um, but one night, and I was just, I think, drifting off to sleep. I may have even been asleep for just a minute. And next thing I know, I was, I was, I guess, out of body. I was looking down. If you've ever been there, there's... Um, kind of like a lobby hang area and and there's like an open landing you can look down on it and I was looking down at everybody around the table talking that hadn't gone to bed yet and all of a sudden the image went black and white and it was almost like I was a security camera looking down on this and I remember thinking this isn't a dream and I I thought I felt kind of funny and then in real life I started shaking like a, like mm. you know when you go to like Home Depot and you get paint mix and they put them in those shakers and it's just like yeah like crazy I've from head to toe, I could not, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to show you what it looked like because I'd look like a crazy person. I couldn't repeat it if I tried. My body was shaking in a way that made no sense wow. and it scared me to death. And I shot up out of the bed and I was like, what's going on? But since then, um, I did have one other experience when I um, came back, maybe about a year after that experience where I got it all the way up, walked in. Uh, this is interesting. I floated down through my mattress not up. I always thought of uh, OBE as kind of floating up and yeah. flying. I very slowly went through my mattress, which makes no sense, but I'm just telling you what happened. And I, I was like, this is not a dream. I'm 100% awake. And I remember thinking, don't panic this time. One of the things they teach you at Monroe is instead of panicking, because that pulls you out of your OBE, is to just say, this is interesting. And to just kind of breathe into it and see how long you can stretch it out. So I did that. I just went, this is interesting. And I got all the way down to the ground. I very carefully rolled over. I could feel the carpet fibers under my fingers. And I remember thinking, get up slowly, got up slowly, walked to the bathroom. And my husband walked in to use the bathroom. I won't get gross here, but I sat and talked to him while he's just peeing in the middle of the night. And <laughs> And I remember saying to him, hey, I want to remember this. I I need some kind of uh, validation or some evidence to, you know, take back with me from this experience. And he did this funny little thing. He held up his hand 
And then he was like, how many fingers am I holding up? But I couldn't see. And I was like, why, why are you playing a game with me? I need something solid for us to remember. And he was just acting really weird, kind of like he was half in a dream state. He gets back up to walk towards the bed and I'm following him. And then we get closer to the bed. And of course, the lights are out, but you can see just a little bit at night. Hmm. And all of a sudden, I realize we're both in the bed. And I start to think, I'm not oh. sure he was the one I was just talking to. And then I was pretty sure there was something in the corner. I can't tell you what it was, but it, there was kind of like a little bit of movement and there was something dark. Oh, I'm getting the chills. Something dark in the corner. And then I freaked out and I started screaming. And then, of course, my husband woke up and said, like, you're just having a bad dream. I was like, it wasn't a dream. So that's pretty heavy duty. Yeah, no, it wasn't pleasant at all. Um, was there anything there that was actually... Was I actually in any danger? I don't know. I talked to Angelia about it and she's like, well, trust your gut. She's like, when you go out of body, you have to do a lot of protection first. Those spontaneous out of bodies, you haven't had time to protect yourself and anything can be floating around and it could be good or bad or neutral. Um, so that one kind of scared me, but mm. I am trying really hard to get back into it and work on method you know that i can trust and just do a lot of protection with it so that was a really long answer but all that to say yeah, i've had kind of a couple spontaneous ones that mm -hmm. haven't gone totally great but i really mm -hmm. believe in it ah so this kind of re when this guy put this up earlier but it kind of reminded you said that whatever it was put the hands fingers behind the hand the remote viewing they're asking if you've ever tried that Yes. And that was Christopher DiPerno. I love you, Chris. Um, I have tried a little bit of remote viewing. I don't think I'm all that oh, great at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was talking to Tracy Garbett Dolan, you know, she's pretty good at it. And um, she was kind of explaining, you know, some of her methods and how she strengthened that muscle. Um, I don't feel like I'm great at that. I'd, I'd like to yeah. try a little bit more, but I'm I'm really focused right now in meditation, trying to go to extremely deep levels. I get to where I slow my breathing down so much. Probably if I was hooked up to medical equipment, they'd be like, come back. But I'm really trying to get to that point where I can kind of be without time and, and see what I can find in those areas. Really obsessed with that and just trying to get information. Um, so and remote viewing is great. I just if I try something a few times and I don't take to it, I figure there's so many other people that are great at that. I'm going to focus more yeah. on this area. Sure. Another question that popped up here. What's your favorite UAP slash UFO case? Do you have one? Well, um, I am really drawn to abduction cases. Uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about experiencers and what they go through and how they process this information. I'm a little bit less of a nuts and bolts girl. I mean, nuts and bolts. I think we can all agree Phoenix Lights was a huge one. I don't know exactly what it was. I've had some thoughts that it could have been an experiment to see how thousands of people would react to seeing a huge craft, you know, overhead for such a long period of time. Was it truly otherworldly, interdimensional, or just something government related? I don't know because I wasn't there and I didn't see it. Um, that's certainly a, you know, historically speaking in our lifetime, a really interesting one. Right. Um, but I, um, Deb Jordan Cobble is a really good friend of mine. I absolutely love Deb Jordan and Bud Hopkins, of course, started working with her um, in the, was it in the eighties when he wrote intruders um, about Deb and her family and her abduction experience. And then I became friends with Deb later on. I love her so much. She's so, Oh, she's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I miss her. I haven't seen her in person in a while, um, but she wrote a book not that long ago. I think I may have that. Let's see. Yes. Extraordinary Contact. She wrote this one oh, yeah. mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. I highly recommend everybody read that. If you're not familiar with her story, it's 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 a wild one. And the 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 reason I brought that one up is if you you've probably interviewed Deb, right? I'm sure you know. Deb. I have not. I think I might have reached out to her, or maybe I had someone. I either that or someone suggested I have her on as a guest, but I, I have not so had her on. She is yeah. fantastic. And the great thing about Deb's story is um, it's just how it continued. You know, a lot of people have that one event that happened to them years ago, but um, she continues to have very unusual paranormal events. And, and she, the other reason I'm bringing her up is her event, you know, her experience was frightening. Um, but she has come to such great peace with that. 
-hmm. later on in life. And that is what I need. I need more stories like that. Kathleen Marden as well. She's another one, you know, of course, she's the niece of Betty and Barney Hill. And um, she has really found her own way to take something that can be frightening. Abduction is frightening. And uh, we had her on the MUFON What's Up show not that long ago. And she was talking about how in those moments she just out of, I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to just project love at these beings, you know, like being sick of feeling afraid, just projecting love and how the whole experience turned around for her. It became a completely different experience and Mm. a very, very positive one. So those are stories and cases that I, I really kind of get obsessed with, but um, yeah, I don't know the, in terms of more the nuts and bolts sightings, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously Roswell was huge, but we still don't know really what the heck went on there. Right. Uh, Pascagoula, that's a that's a pretty wild case. Uh, what's his name in North Carolina? Um, I'm fascinated by his story. Chris. Chris, Chris Bledsoe. Yes, Chris Bledsoe. Yeah. Um, you've mm-hmm. probably had him on a couple times, right? I've had him on one time. I've reached out to him a few other times and, um, you know, he hasn't been able to come on, but I've had him on. And, and by the way, Calvin Parker, uh, I feel like he's been a friend. Um, for several years, he's not doing too well. So, oh no, uh, give some good thoughts out um, for yeah. him. Yeah, he's a real, real fun and nice guy. He's a funny guy. He's a riot. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah. a lot of fun to talk to. I'm very sorry to hear he's not doing well. I'm gonna send him mm-hmm. just a lot yeah. of love and power there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's that Pascagoula is that's that is another really uh, great one. I yeah. I would have. If I if people have asked me what my favorite thing is, I still I'm right there with the Ariel School. I really still think that's one of the most important ones. Yeah. Um, but you know, everyone can have their favorites. I know no one asked me that question, but. <laughs> well, and is that just for how many witnesses and? Yeah, just kids? well, the whole thing about the school, um, you know, I mean, and that you know it changed so many of you know their lives. It made such an impact on them. And how they were interviewed by John Mack right away, you know, within a few weeks and other people interviewed him right away and how the teachers had the foresight to have them all do drawings. And by the way, uh, Gunter uh, Hoffer is going to be our guest next week. And he was there right away, uh, right, right after that happened within, Mm -hmm. um, within a week or so, I do believe. So he'll be our guest next week. But yeah, I mean, that's one of my, that's one of my favorite cases anyway, but there are a lot of really very interesting ones, um, you know, yeah, that, and, and there's so much out there that, you know, it, it does frustrate me when I see, you know, CGI and, you know, people trying to hoax and things like that when there's so many really good ones out there. And, and that's the tough part for anyone that's new and they're trying to understand so they don't go down the wrong rabbit hole and, and, you know, start following some, you know, someone that's scamming or whatever, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one to figure out exactly which way to go at the beginning. I'm really glad you brought that up because one thing that I keep talking to people about right now is like, I've, I think this is a time when we really need to go inward. Um, I mean, yeah, it's fun to look at pictures and go, is it real? Is it not? But I mean, my God, where what what's about to happen with technology? I mean, it's exponential. We can't even wrap our heads around what's about to go down. I've been messing around with some AI artwork. Um, Just, I had a project. I have something uh, that artwork that you've done. Oh, well that's old school. That's just taking a picture and painting over it. And yeah, if you want to show those, those I'll show that. I got this little alien character that I like to put in kind of funny, funny scenarios. Oh, is it the video? It might be loud volume. Just FYI. I I toned it down, believe it or not. Oh, that's right. 
I have so much fun doing those guys. I like to, I call it alienating and I take like weird thrift store pictures and stuff and paint aliens in it. I have a lot of fun with that. But what I was going to say is like, you know, these days a real picture looks fake. A fake picture looks real there. We can now do stuff with our, you know, you can just speak a few words. Well, I think you talk for about 30 minutes and then that app can basically recreate you talking, saying anything gone are the days when you just Photoshop somebody to make them look like they did something they didn't do. I mean, we're about to blast into territory where I even wonder what it's going to do for our, like, Oh gosh, like our criminal system. Like I like how we're even going to prove or disprove things. Like it's about to go into the wild West with technology. And so I know that you're just talking about like the, the deep fakes that they can do. Yes. I mean, it looks just like someone talking. A war could start over that. That's what I'm saying. I, this is a time, I mean, maybe it's too late for us. I hope not. I don't ever want to be that negative. But this is a time when we all need to go really deep into our own personal experiences. Was it real to me? Like, I think gone are the days where you just show someone a picture and be like, will you tell me if this really happened to me or not? It's like we have to be so aware of our own experiences and trust our gut and whether it's through meditation or prayer or whatever's your thing. But like, if, if this is happening, you need to make a really deep connection that doesn't involve necessarily an expert anymore telling you what happened because we're at that point now where I don't know how we're going to know, you know, and that's, that's yeah. really frightening actually. Yeah. And then when it comes to just the UFO topic itself, you know, it's like now there's a Skylink and there's, you know, these, all these different things that, you know, people are, it's not going to be easier. The drones, drones are getting more sophisticated and all that. And then whatever the government's going to be doing, it's going to be harder and harder to tell what's coming from elsewhere and what's coming, you know, what what's ours. But I do think, um, oh, and this might be where I was going earlier, uh, wanting to get your viewers' thoughts. But when you have an experience, you know, in the middle of the night, if there's a creature there or something like that, i I don't know that I agree. You know, there's some, I don't, I don't want to name names, but there's you know, some researchers and ufologists that are like, well, that's just government stuff, you know, my lab or what do they call it? Um, I really don't think I'm that important. I really don't think anyone from the government is concerned about coming into my bedroom and scaring me in the middle of the night. I'm right. pretty sure I'm just not that high on their radar, you know? Um, I do think, I mean, cause there's a lot of abductees that you know, they remember their encounter and they're like, they're humans dressed in military stuff. That's so strange to me. I don't, you know, so is, are some governments involved in this kind of thing? Yeah, probably. I don't know. But um, I think we are at that point where it would be so easy to fake, you know, something in the sky that millions of people see over hours and hours. And it could literally just be something fake. I I think we are at that point of technology. We've probably been there for a long time. And, um, so what does that mean for us? I think one, we've got to quit turning on each other. That you know, we're so easily controlled when we're afraid. And we've all got to do our own personal work, you know, to find yeah. our peace with this topic. And if we're being contacted, that I think it just becomes a really personal thing, I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that all makes total sense to me. I like this question from Christopher Miller. What was your mm-hmm most interesting interview and why was it the most interesting interview? Well, I guess they're probably talking about ufology. Uh, no, I, I think they're, they're talking about maybe the different people you've interviewed over the years. I, that's how I took it. Well, okay. I'll, I'll go with a couple different answers. Dolly Parton all day long is just I bet. Yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, wasn't bad talking to George Clooney. That was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Somebody who just popped into my head, I tried to go with like the first things that come into my head. Um, on Move On What's Up, we talked to Mike Cleland. And I oh, love he's, he's coming up on this show in a few weeks. Yeah. Mike. I love what he's doing. Um, he just he just kind of walks in synchronicity, and that's a really big part of my life too. I know it is for you too, Martin. It's like those are little place markers, I think, you know, when you have weird deja vu, bizarre synchronicities, when you're just in that flow. And and he talks all about that in his book, Messengers. And um, he's not just the owl guy. Uh, the owl thing yeah, comes yeah. up yeah. over and over and over again with him. But there's this wonderful, deeper message behind it. And it's all tied into ufology and paranormal stuff in general and just human connection. 
I just really resonated with, uh, I think I've read two of his books, but I feel like he's, I think I've read two of them. Uh, really, really enjoyed talking to him. So your guests are going to absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, a funny thing is the first time I met Mike and talked to him or whatever, and I watched him speak, um, he was up in Maine at a conference that I was going to. And that morning, um, it was early in the morning, it was still dark out, right outside of my window. And the only time it ever happened was an owl hooting. <laughs> and I had no idea that I was going to see this guy talk about owls the next day. Yeah. So, I mean, what are the, I mean, it was just a weird coincidence. I feel like he's, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. I think it's actually a real compliment. I think he's somebody that is uh, uh, being utilized in a, in a really hmm. interesting way. He, he is a messenger on this planet. He's waking us up to, uh, you know, our own potential. And he's so humble. You know, yeah. I think he really just feels like the messenger, you know, um, and he's very special. I really, I, I've enjoyed everyone I've talked to. Um, yeah. I've loved having you on the show. I mean, you've oh, interviewed yeah. everybody. So you're like this walking encyclopedia of all things ufology. And that's, uh, well, that's a great thing. Well, I'm just the armchair guy. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. You didn't, are, have you, yeah, you've talked on your show about what you witnessed. Yeah, I did have, I definitely had, yes, I definitely had a sighting, but I, I say this all the time because I think it's kind of funny is I, I had, uh, that was not the most exciting thing I've seen in the sky. I had a fireball that didn't even make any sense. That was, that flew over me and that was really you also, and this yeah. thing was, uh, was perfectly round. It had cracks on it, sparks coming out of the cracks and rotating and made no noise as it went right over my head. You know, that was, that was more bizarre than the, uh, the UFO was just, it was there and it moved and it stopped and, you know, it, and, and it really was pretty amazing, but that was more dramatic. The fireball was much more dramatic. And uh, it's funny. I talked about that on the show and I said it was somewhere around, you know, 1985, six, maybe 80, somewhere around there, 87. And uh, someone called me from, uh, not called me, they wrote me from Canada and said their grandparents and described the same thing in the 1980s. Okay. Well, mine was probably 87. I had it tattooed on my stomach. And if my stomach were still nice and flat and I had some abs, I would probably stand up and show it to you, but I'm not going to traumatize you. Um, but it was inspired by this fireball, completely silent overhead. My friend Thomas was in the car with me. It was late. It was probably two in the morning. We'd been out having a good time, but I was driving. So I was sober and it was like, uh, I mean, I don't know, I guess like if a planet was going to crash into the earth, it was round and it had these flames coming out of it. That was like, it kind of almost looked like rainbow colors, like purple and wow. red. And so maybe it's just something burning up into the atmosphere, but it was silent and it seemed so low. We were on Belmont yeah. Boulevard in Nashville. The Belmont college was straight ahead. And I was like, we drove down the end of the road. Cause I thought somehow it was going to crash, you know, I did we, too. This yeah. is weird. What if it's the same thing? Maybe that's why I'm wondering. About that year, it was about 80, you know, I'd say anyway, between 85 and 80. I know the house I owned and where I lived and, and um, yeah, it was in the, it was in the late eighties. So it's crazy. Yeah. And of course what seemed overhead to us again, when you're in this, when you're looking in the sky, it's like, it was right over my head. Obviously yeah. like half seemed the world like was right. it. seemed like I could have almost thrown a ball up to it or something. You yeah. Know, it was crazy. But yeah, it, it, it is. Um, so here's another question here. I don't know if you've ever even thought about this. Mm. Uh, what do you think about the religious theory, you know, that there are fallen angels? There are people that also say this could be demonic. You know, there's the people that have that thoughts as well. Yeah. Um, human perception. I mean, if religion's a really big part of your life, then obviously everything can be painted through that possibly. I, I tell you what, I don't believe anybody that tells me 100% what they think is going on, because I think it could be all of the above. I think it could be a moving target. I think it could yeah. change. Um, I've had good and bad experiences. I've had, um, and I, I I don't tell a lot of the details of the negative ones, because I, I still, I've got three kids, and two of them are in high school, and I'm not going to do that to them. I think it's kind of weird mm. them out a lot. But um, I've had a couple experiences with entities that I, I felt in my gut were not good at all. And they were very, very frightening. I wouldn't say necessarily demonic, but I'm not terribly religious. So I don't filter things that way, but they were very negative. And, and I've also had a couple experiences that felt 
truly angelic. And again, I'm not religious, but I, I would have walked away with these beings and never come back. It, it felt that positive and loving. So I get the whole kind of good and evil comparison. Um, mm-hmm. It could be mm-hmm. us from the future. They could be coming from a million different planets. They could be interdimensional. They could be angels and demons could be all of the above. And I think what really matters is what your experience is, what it means to you and how you process it and how you handle it. Because everybody's different and all of our experiences are a little bit different. Yeah. Now we've only got a few minutes left, believe it or not. It sure sure goes really fast. Um, you are you are writing a book. Are you writing a book? Did you yes. say that? Yeah. And um, it's a fiction, right? Is that it is. It's uh it's based loosely on some of my encounters and some of my thoughts about this, uh, but it's, it's going to be around the hybrid uh, topic because I, I absolutely believe that's real. I don't think thousands of women all around the world having the exact same experience is just made up or some mass delusion. There are pregnancies that are there and then they go away. And then these abductions that happen later where they see, you know, a child on a craft, I, I believe these women. And so I I'm writing a story based on that and mm. it's, it's coming together pretty well. Um, that's another thing. I'm just trying to find enough time to get it done, but I hope by the end of the year to possibly have that ready to publish. Okay. And we have three minutes left. I'm wondering if you can fill us on real quickly. You had like, you grew up in what you thought was a haunted house. Oh gosh. It's right around the corner from here. Really? So yeah. yeah. Cold spots. And, And even like, totally normal adults that didn't believe in paranormal stuff at all would come into this house and be like, Oh, what is up with this place? It's, it's really, wow. really spooky. And um, yeah, that I think maybe was when I started with my whole, I can't sleep in my bed alone. And this is so mean. I'll, I'll make this quick, but I'm one of three kids. I'm the youngest. They used to send us upstairs. Everybody's around the fire watching Saturday night live or, you know, happy days or whatever. And they would send us up by age. So I'd have to go upstairs in this spooky ass house all by myself. And then my brother would come up. He's in a different room. Finally, my sister would come up like an hour later. I'd just be sitting there for an hour like, I'm terrible. Um, So, yeah, it was a really scary house. You know, graveyard right in the yard, little cemetery for the family that built the place. And it was spooky as hell. But that started my ghost hunting. That that was young. We'll have to do another talk about that sometime. And I'll get my EVPs and. Yeah, I'm really into that. And I actually think it's all kind of related. Yeah, you know, you're not the first one to say that either. I've heard a lot of people say they think they're connected. There's a guy named Paul Eno that has a really good theory about that. I don't know if you know who he is. I don't think he's, so. Uh, he does mostly, I think he's, um, he does mostly like a radio show, but he's out there. But he thinks they're all, uh, all connected. Well, and- yeah. Ann Streber, I know you got to go, but, you know, Ann Streber used to read all those letters that went to Whitley and a lot of people would see their dead loved one with the grays. Right. Right. Well, Katie, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you listeners for putting up with me being a little ADD. (laughs) Yeah, no, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Take care. All right. All right, everyone. Goodbye over there at KGRA radio. And for those of you that are hanging out here in YouTube and you haven't seen this, encounter yet it's really interesting and it's by uh carol quine i'm gonna play it now okay back by popular demand is our uap ufo encounter clips and i was contacted Actually, you were in the last show in the chat room. I was. And I said, email me, right? Yep, yep, So, uh, Carolyn, Carol Quine. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you would, can you give us a little, first of all, a little bit of your background and go right into the encounter, if you would. Sure. Um, I am an Air Force brat. My first 10 years of life were spent being raised on military bases. And I loved every minute of it, by the way. That, that wasn't a complaint. Uh-huh. Um, my dad died before um, he retired from the Air Force. We, uh, my mother and I traveled up here to Maryland to meet my brother who got a discharge from the Navy. And we settled here. Um, and I spent all of the rest of my life in the Baltimore area. I'm, I live in a suburb of, of Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. 
I am 64 now. I've been in uh, higher education for well over 30 years. I spent the last almost 30 years at an urban community college in Baltimore City, uh, where I teach mostly developmental writing, uh, first-year college writing, vocational writing, you know, skill classes um, mm -hmm. to my students. So um, I don't have children because I always say that my students were more than enough for me to, <laughs> to, to deal with. They were my yeah. children, yeah, no matter yeah. what their age is, so yeah. Uh-huh, all yeah. right. So uh, yeah, let's talk about, this was just in December last year. Yeah, very, not, not so long ago, very recent. Before we get into that, um, what was your idea about UFOs prior to this happening? Um, I was a resist, what I call a resistant believer. Um, I didn't, I, I believe that these things existed. Um, and I, I have a strong suspicion that they aren't, uh, you know, made here, <laughs> not made domestically, shall we say. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't want to believe it. Uh, you know, I have real mixed emotions about this. I know that there are people in the UFO community who, you know, are, are, you know, flagging, wanting to flag these folks down or beings down and invite them in and so on. And I, I'm not so sure that's a great idea, you know, given oh. ca cattle mu mutilations and everything else. I, I, I'm not completely convinced that these are uh, benevolent beings. So that's mm -hmm. mixed emotions, I guess, is, is how I would best describe it. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into December of 2022. Yeah. Um, I explained to you in the uh, email that I sent to you describing the incident that I have a habit of falling asleep way too early in the evening and then waking up, you know, like mid-morning, like around three or four before the, the sun is up. And usually I'll, you know, answer some emails and stuff. And when I get bored, I grab some coffee, grab the dog, and we traveled just down the road about, you know, maybe a mile to a parking lot where there is a donut shop where lots of commuters are coming through or you know early morning traffic and stuff so i feel relatively safe there this one particular morning um, i forgot to let my little dog down in the grass to relieve itself and so i realized he was squirming a bit on the ride to the donut shop parking lot and i thought well i'll just stop at this uh, business park that I frequent where lots of dog walkers uh, use the paths and so on and so forth. I thought it's always been safe, so I'll stop there and let him out. And so that's what I did. He started pulling me down the, the walk toward a really dark area, and I didn't want to go that far down and into the dark. So I picked him up, and as I was turning around with him, something caught my eye. And that something was you've seen a street lamp before, you know, the, mm -hmm. the tall street lamps, and you know how bright and white they are. This mm. was brighter and whiter than anything I've seen before. And mm. I knew it wasn't the street lamp. And so and I think deep down inside, I knew what it was, but I went through like this little uh, index card uh, box in my mind, you know, is it, a, is it a drone? Is it a helicopter? Is it a, you know, is it an, yeah. are you hallucinating? And it wasn't any of that. It was something very different. So I thought, you know, just in case this happens to be something, oh, I don't know, extraterrestrial, let, let me get into the parking garage. So I went into the lower level of the parking garage. It's one of those multi-tier things for businesses. And I flattened myself up against the wall and watched it. Um, and, you know, I forgot to say that I had unfortunately parked my car a little too far away to get to and to get out of there. And when I did park my car, I left my cell phone in there. So I didn't have, a, you know, any means of communication, any way of telling time, any camera. And mm. so, um, so I was left to just observe and to do a rough estimate of how long this all took. Um, yeah. I would say it was probably 20 minutes. I'm not a great calculator here, but I think around 20 minutes. And I can tell you, I'm, I'm a practicing Catholic and I tend to pray a lot. I do rosary and stuff. I have mm -hmm. never prayed as hard as I prayed in that parking garage. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> I wow. was begging God, please make this thing go away. Please, I got to get out of here, you know, and um, and it stayed and stayed. Uh, now, and meanwhile, uh, were 
were people driving in and out of the garage? Did you notice no, that? It was so early. This was really before they started to come in. I did see the uh, area, um, it neighbors, a townhouse development and a apartment complex. And so I did see one or two cars leave. I guess there were commuters yeah. going going into Washington or something. Um, and I thought it was so funny. I watched one. And I think it was a guy. I could kind of see the the profile. Um, and he right underneath of it, he went right under it. And, uh, and I thought, well, you didn't get sucked up into the craft. So, you know, maybe there's hope yet. I don't know. <laughs> and how, how did the dog react? Did he the, react at all? You know, he didn't. And, and that amazes me because I do hear that sometimes animals, you know, start to act yeah. up when something, yeah. but not mine. I mean, we're talking about the most placid poodle in the entire world i mean you know he just he just was looking around he didn't know what was going on okay and so why don't you describe what you were looking at well when i saw it 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 was interesting because it sort of glided into position no sound mm -hmm. no emissions just that bright light as it was gliding into uh into position and i didn't mention this to you in your email i happen to remember late uh, later um it went over one of the businesses uh the areas of the business park where there was some lighting and so you could see underneath of the of the ufo or whatever this was mm -hmm. um and you could kind of see something under it like it that had something almost looked like a little bit of scaffolding or something there but hmm. I could tell that it was round. Um, mm -hmm. And as I said, very white, very bright. It just kind of moved over into position and just stayed and, and, and no, no sound, no anything. Um, hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, so you were there about 20 minutes and, um, and then the thing, what it, you told me in the email, so why don't you continue what you saw happen? Right. Um, I remember thinking, oh, God, please don't let that shaft of light that you see in the movies, you know, suddenly click. And guess what happened? The shaft yeah. of light clicked on. <laughs> and I thought, OK, so this is the part in like, you know, one of those movies about UFOs where either aliens come down that shaft or you get sucked up into the ship. And I thought, oh, God, I don't want to go on. I don't want to go on any, you know, intergalactic rides this morning. Please spare me. <laughs> and, so was uh, it like a shaft of light that came down? Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't straight. It, it kind of spread out. You know, it, it, it yeah. was almost triangular. In fact, part of it was over. It, the thing was sort of over the trees and also over a little lane that, that, that you know, there's there's a little area there. Um, and so I know that I saw that shaft of light hit, you know, go all the way down to the pavement on the lane. I saw mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And and I and I know why I saw it because I kept thinking, please don't let anything come off of this craft. I mean, you know, I was looking to see if anything was going to be deposited. Um, mm. And then I guess I would estimate that maybe that stayed on about five minutes because uh, I remember calculating, what do I do if I see something, you know, can I run mm -hmm. fast enough? Because I hear these things are pretty fast, you know. Um, but anyway, as fast as it came on, it clicked off. The light, the the UFO went dark. Um, I stayed there for a few minutes, thinking just because it's dark doesn't mean it's gone. Um, but I didn't I didn't sense anything was still there, and so I made a run for it. I went to my car and got out of there. Hmm. And so you you did you call the police right away? I got to my original destination, which was the donut shop parking lot, mm -hmm. and I parked. And I, I, you know, isn't that a strange idea to call the police about a UFO? I mean, that no, because that's funny. what I did. did I did you? the same thing. Oh, yes. Good, good. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. So <laughs> I, I didn't called. know what to do. So you yeah, know, I mean, who do you call? I mean, you yeah. know. So um, I called, and a very nice young man answered the phone at this precinct, and he didn't laugh at me. And I said, you know, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but here's what I just saw. I said, has anybody else reported it? He said, no, we had, I think he said that there was a domestic disturbance or something that they had a call for, something like that. He said, that's all we've had this morning. He said, would you like to talk to somebody with a non-emergency number? I said, sure. You know, and so uh, a woman picked up the phone. She was sort of like, you know, it was kind of like dragnet. She was just, just the facts, ma'am. She was polite, but that's all she wanted. Yeah. 
And so I told her what had happened. And so she said, okay, thank you. And I said, well, wait, wait. I said, I have something else to say. I said, I want to thank you for you not ridiculing me because I know that, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes that happens. You think that there's sure. a nut on the phone. And she says, yep. oh, she says, uh, everybody who's called in about this has said the same thing. I said, wait, <laughs> everybody? She says, yeah. She says, other people have seen it. She said, but just not in your area. So it had been traveling through evidently. When that's it. Thank you so much. And if you yourself have had an interesting encounter, I love to have these little clips there. I like to keep them to about 15 minutes or so. Please contact me at martin at podcastufo.com and uh, we'll get a conversation going and see if uh, everything uh, works for one of those clips as well. Um, thank you so much, everyone. And again, we have uh, Gunter uh, Hoff on next week. And it should be a very interesting show. Remember to keep your eyes to the sky.